Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Recently, 20 human trafficking victims were rescued in Mississippi. Attorney General Lynn Fitch said, unfortunately, many victims are from right here in our state and are being trafficked by family. Many times when these family members are trafficking these young victims, they're doing it and drugs are involved. Quick drug use, quick cash. And then these victims many times are given drugs as well to get through their episodes of trafficking. So think about the harm that's happened to these young women or young men as well. And Douglas Carswell, president and CEO of the Mississippi Center for Public Policy, is among those advocating for a tweak to the initiative process should lawmakers act to reinstate it following the recent ruling from the Supreme Court. Good policy comes about when you make changes, but if they don't work out, you can change them again. So we need a system of initiative that amends state law, not just the Constitution. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Thanks. I want to talk about what Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation is. We serve as the largest general farm organization in Mississippi with more than 170,000 member families. We're here to solve problems for our Mississippi farmers so they can have a better life and make a better living. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. This is for those who always show they care. Who told their kids everyone 12 and older is eligible for a COVID vaccine. Those who explain to their cousins that vaccines prevent nearly 100% of hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19. This is for the ones protecting those they love. Thank you. We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Calls to defund the police may not be originating in Mississippi, but they are having an impact. There's a difficulty that now we have even filling positions in the state trooper academies. Senator Daniel Sparks believes the disrespect for law enforcement on a national level is contributing to crime. It gives somebody that's out addressing them to say, well, all police are bad, so it justifies my bad behavior. And it's a terrible place to be. And members of the Mississippi National Guard are still at the National Training Center in Fort Irwin, California. U.S. Army First Lieutenant Jordan Kemp said, number one, a successful rotation means getting everyone home safe. Number two is that we get trained, both individually and collectively as a unit, so that when we leave here, we're better than we came. We're more proficient at our jobs, and we're just better all-around soldiers, more aware of the total fight and what it means to be a part of a armored brigade combat team. I'm Andy Davis. From Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. The Ole Miss Rebels traveled out to Tucson, Arizona to take on the Arizona Wildcats in the Super Regional at Tucson. Arizona is the number five overall seed. Ole Miss is number 12 national seed. And scored the first three runs of the ball game to take a 3 nothing lead. Arizona then came back and scored nine straight runs to win game one of the two out of three series over Ole Miss last night, 9-3. to Game two will be tonight, 8.30 airtime on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. The Rebels will have to win tonight's game and force game three on Sunday or Arizona takes it and moves on to Omaha. And other Southeastern Conference scores from Friday, the Vanderbilt Commodores, the defending national champion, defeated East Carolina Two to nothing. So Vanderbilt now is one win away from going back to Omaha, and the Arkansas Razorbacks clobbered NC State twenty-one to two. 
This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Y'all listen up. Have you seen all the litter on the sides of our roads? We need to all do our part to fight litter. Put trash in its proper place and make sure items in your truck beds are secure. Remember, trash blows. Secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road. Secure your load. There's not a lot that's free in life. I mean, it costs to bring you into this world, and when you leave it, and everything in between. Well, there is something free and valuable to your well-being, and that's for you to call 811 before you dig, pull stumps, erect a mailbox, dig a post, or start a garden. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Mississippi State begins play in their Super Regional today against Notre Dame. The Bulldogs and the Firing Irish have met six times, four coming in postseason play. The first meeting was in the Palo Alto Regional back in 1993. That was won by Notre Dame. Mississippi State comes in at 43 and 15, while the Fighting Irish come in at 33 and 11. Mississippi State is two wins away from making their 12th all-time appearance in the College World Series, while Notre Dame is in search of its third trip to Omaha. Game one today is set for 1 o'clock first pitch, 12.30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. Game two will be at 5 o'clock tomorrow evening. Other Southeastern Conference action in Super Regional play today is actually in one Super Regional. The LSU Tigers, who knocked out Oregon, is in the Super Regional versus the Tennessee Volunteers, and that one is being played in Knoxville. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. With your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening for a really, really summer-like day. Calendar hadn't changed yet, but the weather has. That means us gardeners are having a lot of interesting issues. This is when, if you have not already done so, you find out how many holes there are in your garden hoses, whether or not your sprinklers work, if that drip irrigation system is actually still working this year or not. Yep, you're going to have to find those things out. I know, I know, we are back into the 30 to 40 percent chance of rain department, and that's not enough. Ah! So, Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you're doing, what you're not doing, what you'd like to do, how the garden looks today, how it might look tomorrow. And by the way, are you picking tomatoes? 888 That is the Super Talk call line. And, of course, the C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. My name's Nellie Neal. I am known as the Garden Mama, and it is a great pleasure to be here with you on Saturday mornings to have a chance to... Um, have you stare at my head while I look down at what I'm working with? <laughs> there, hello. I can see the cameras. They're all there, and I'm I'm here. Uh, today's orange because it's summer, and and believe it or not, it will be summer shortly, but just not quite yet. Now, 
Let's start with what's really going on around our part of the world, and that, of course, is the flooding in the Mississippi Delta. My friend, the Wonder Wonder Woman photographer, Miss um, Vicki King, has been there yesterday, in fact, got stuck up by Shaw. Hey, y'all. Uh, or perhaps it was the day before. But anyway, every story that you're going to see this week is going to be telling you about the, the level of devastation that we are facing right now. The water is not going down, and and it hasn't really quit raining yet in most areas. So not only have we lost crops and time, but we're also losing a whole lot of the opportunities that we, generally speaking, have to replant in the Delta. So there are a lot of problems going on, and uh, John in Tallahatchie's garden is washed away. Maybe yours is, too, so we can talk about that. And it is, um, in part, the reason why people have taken to gardening, and I do this and say this on a small scale and on a large scale, there are more and more people that are growing vegetables and flowers in high tunnels or in houses that they can put a, at least a roof on, if, it, if not an entire greenhouse. But there's a lot of alternatives happening. And one of those, of course, is container gardening. We talk here all the time about how great it can be to put um, everything that you are growing into a container because you have so much more control over it. So we can talk about that today. We can talk about quite frankly, the new kinds of robots that are not going to necessarily help our garden, but certainly are changing things in the world. And yeah, I do think that there will be more and more robotic inputs into our garden world. Um, if if you can look at it from the point of view of how cool it is that a farmer can now see his entire field with a drone and, and measure what's going on out there in terms of water and and whatever she's looking to grow can do better because of the observation. We always talk about that integrated pest management being the first step towards controlling pests, and the first step of that, of course, is to look at it to see what's going on. And indeed, whether you are like me, um, standing in the back, wishing the drone could could show me exactly where the top of that tree is and what's going on up there and why it looks so funny, or whether you are out in a field of soybeans or corn or a mixed-up truck garden, whatever it is, if we can look at the problem, we're going to be doing better. And that, when you start thinking about, you know, oh, my goodness, I don't want this or that in the in the robot world, you know, and whatnot, well, here's the thing. We've already got them, and that's why I want you to not have such a anxiety over things like that. Um, let's see. There's... Um, Oh my goodness! Well, yeah, that's and, and everything. Everything happens at once. Um, the horse flies, as well as the flood, as well as the attempts to get things moved. Oh my goodness! If they, if the horse flies just would have helped pick up the plants, I think John would have had a better day. <laughs> oh, congratulations, Mike! The uh, the four o'clock bloomed on his birthday. Happy birthday, sir! Nice sunflowers too. Really pretty today. Lovely, lovely, lovely. And um, I do have to tell you that um, the the Calliopsis, the Coriopsis family member that you're looking at today that has the burgundy center and the yellow petals. The petals are yellow yellow on the edges and burgundy in the center is one of my very favorite wildflowers. And, in fact, it's one of the very favorites of all the pollinators, too. So that's kind of wonderful. Um, That's that's really neat. Let's see who else. We've been talking about this. Um, I, I sent a note. Let's see. I sent um, a note to you, Matthew, but I can see that it didn't get there. Here's the thing. The tomatoes that you're looking at do have blossom end rot from what I can tell. And, yes, using the 
um, flower spray is what you want to do if you because you said you had the problem before. What happens when the blossom end of a tomato collapses? It indicates that the water situation has not been consistent, and that can be too much or too little and too much and too little. In other words, um, it's the it's the fluctuation that changes the ability of the tomato fruit to process the water that it's trying to take up. So if it's real wet for a, a few days and you try to let it dry out before it, and then it rains again, you know, th- we can end up with these extremes that do not particularly handle the tomato that well. But it's also true that if your soil lacks micronutrients, in particular calcium, we will sometimes hear about this problem with people who grow their tomatoes in compost only, that a lot of people are able to do that. It depends on what you compost and what's in it and how that comes out in terms of the nutrient analysis. And if there's not enough calcium, sometimes that particular element's lack can be the problem. So if you've had blossom end rot, and you you really or if you are aware that your tomatoes have been through a whole lot of trouble with water this may be the time for the tiny bottle of what i think is called blossom set might be bloom set but it's a calcium spray that you can get at any garden center and you spray it on the flowers to help that process so i hope that will work i hope that will help some um it is frustrating and especially when they seem to be okay and then the next thing that happens is suddenly they collapse at least yours are doing it when they're green so that you can see it you can see it coming and maybe take some take some better steps with the next round of fruit. This is another reason why we try to keep our tomato plants going through the summer, even when the temperatures get too warm to make fruit. That's because the plants were in good shape. They didn't get a chance to bear themselves out of existence because there was some problem, like blossom end rot or some other problem, that you can remedy. Once you can do that, then the next thing you're, you're able to do, of course, is to get those next fruits to set as soon as the temperatures accommodate that. So I hope that will help. Oh, my goodness. That's a dark sky in that photo. My goodness. Researchers at Penn State are bringing us some information uh, that we may or may not want to know. Um, a couple of friends here that grow quite a few specialty mushroom crops, and um, they're very, very popular. And it is indeed a world of food that is expanding. When I first discovered fresh mushrooms in a grocery store, about 100 years ago, uh, they were little white button mushrooms. And they are still the standard, of course, but now we're able to enjoy a lot of other things, portobellas and and shiitakes, and in fact, at this time of the year, if you're really lucky, morels, and some of the others that are so delicious and have that woodsy flavor that you may or may not have encountered in the plain white button mushrooms, because those are very mild. If you've always thought, well, there's no taste there, try some others. In fact, Get some that are already dried and rehydrate them yourself. They'll change the way you look at mushrooms in terms of their culinary applications, but also, frankly, the ways that your palate can be developed to understand these deeper tastes is is really very, very important. So the Penn State folks know how important those button mushrooms are, and indeed... They need a robot. They've decided that the mushroom industry there in Pennsylvania is producing about two-thirds of the mushrooms grown nationwide, and it's really hard to find people that are willing to pick those mushrooms. So the harvesting is very labor-intensive. It's a very difficult job, and as they are working on an automated system, they're hoping that this will be a big help. It would enable the growers 
perhaps to employ the people to do other jobs, and it would also allow the employers to have bigger operations to provide more button mushrooms to all of us. 891 pounds, 891 million pounds. And they just say almost 900 million. Anyway, um, were consumed in the United States between 2017 and 2018. Of this production, 91% was fresh market. So you can see that there's a tremendous need for this $1.13 billion industry. Okay? So they're working on this, and it's, it's, it's not easy in handpicking um, – Generally speaking, you you have to search for the mature mushroom, the one of a particular size that's appropriate to be harvested in the, the flat or in the panel. And then, of course, you have to pull it out. And that usually involves three fingers. So a knife in the picker's other hand is then used to remove the, the, the very end of it. And that, in turn, um, gives you the opportunity to get the mushroom out and also make room for more mushrooms. But that's not necessarily – it's going to be a little bit more – complicated with the robot let's put it that way i can't wait to see this one um in a demonstration video because i did so much i love seeing i love seeing robots do stuff and there's several places if you if you're not a youtuber you you just need to be one anyway because there's so much information there but it's really a lot of fun to watch all those things happen and i'm looking forward to that particular one now also in the world of robots and simply because well we need them how many times have we talked about microplastics in this program? All the time. That's because not only are they found in the fish, they're found in the soil, they're found in the everything, because all of us have been looking for years and years now for a plastic product that will degrade. Well, they do degrade, and we have better ones that degrade. We have now, so we have some that can, in fact, be degraded entirely, but we still have a lot, and we have some applications of use of microplastic parts those things get into the water supply and we have a mess on our hands we understand that there's floating islands of plastic where the currents have brought them together out in the water that's not good but what are we going to do about it let's call in the robots but guess what these robots are so tiny they're the size of bacteria Mm -hmm. that's right your whole world has to be seen through a magnifying lens you're, 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 if you're this researcher. You don't get a chance to see anything in, in real. In the, but in this proof-of-concept study, the researchers were able to develop self-propelled microbots that swim, attach themselves to the plastic, and then break it down. This can be a revolution. Not that, we, not, not that it'll make it okay to use microplastics, but it will mean that we can clean up what we have already created. You know, everybody makes mistakes. Every generation makes mistakes. Let's face it. If that's why we study history is so that hopefully we can make new mistakes rather than the old ones that everybody's already made. That's, that, to me, that's part of the reason for the moving forward of our culture and our world. And indeed, we've already got the microplastics out there. We don't need any more. But we sure do need something to clean them up. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, catalytic materials into light-driven robots. This is just great stuff. And it's being reported, by the way, from the American Chemical Society. So it's not just somebody, you know, sitting around their house thinking how cool this would be. This is actually research going on in a very, very scientific way. Oh, that's lovely. I think that's Cosmos. That's beautiful. They look beautiful. Really pretty flowers. Thank you, Amanda. Pike County looks nice today. Triple eight eight zero eight eight. 
excuse me, pardon me, 888-808-8637. That is, in fact, the Super Talk call line. 601-879-4395 is your C Spire text line. And I do really enjoy um, having a chance to see these beautiful pictures because y'all are just, you're so sweet to send things up. Trays in Grenada with beans, yay. Oh, doesn't look like I'll be up that way this summer. I hate that. It's one of my very, very favorite places. Now, when we are looking at the growth that comes with higher humidity and the flush of everything from this is the time of year when you really wonder if you just should just let grow what grows and stop trying to put other things into the garden. But that would be a different approach. Instead, let's think about how to make more out of less. In other words, if you are growing, for example, a new bed with ground cover in it, Asiatic jasmine or uh, a juga or really anything that's going to be a, a low-growing ground cover, there's going to be weeds in there. And this week of humidity is really what pulls them out of the ground in in many, many ways. So I'm going to suggest that you get after it and do two things. Pull the weeds, obviously, but add some mulch around those plants. And if your spaces are large, if you've still got a foot between clumps that hasn't begun to fill yet, fertilize that ground cover. And do consider coming in with another, like, just a flowering annual if it's in the sun you might put in a few impatiens just you know if you if it's in if it's in, I'm sorry if it's in the shade you might put impatiens if it's in the sun you might put sun patience but either way you'll end up with a flower in there that helps to hold the space between those plants that are growing and that in turn allows the plants to grow rather than the weeds so you don't they won't compete as much with an annual flower as they will with something else coming up in there for example uh, y'all know that I work with Smart Plant Home. That's the, the name of the app that I've been working with for a number of years now. And they sent a picture the other day from Tennessee. Um, I don't get anything except the ones that are confusing for the both for the AI that we built as well as for the first level of people that are working on the photos. So we got this photo, and the, the picture was of the stem of the plant not the top of it and not the bottom of it. There was no context whatsoever to tell you if it was eight feet tall or six inches. Well, but the way that it looked was so characteristic of mare's tail that I didn't have any problem separating it from goldenrod. But not everybody can do that. So you may have things that are popping up that you'd like to leave, but you may have others that you would not so much like to leave. And by the way, on that subject, dog fennel is not fennel. (laughs) Just just to put that out there. Just to put that out there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Y'all know how I really appreciate the work that they do in Dresden. There's so much good horticulture work done in that part of the world. Um, right now, they've been working on uh, a reproductive strategy that they did not know we had. And I'm going to be tickled to bring it to you. The, the pollination of plants is one of those fascinating things that has wonderful stuff under to hear about um we've got some nice black elephant black magic elephant ears that's beautiful randy thank you coleus too nice shot very terrific so much to talk about today your phone calls your texts it's a good day to be a gardener here on weekend gardening it's just a dirty 
The show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Did you know that one out of four jobs in the state depends on agriculture? That's why we started the Mississippi Ag in the Classroom. It's a school program helping grades K-12 through acquire broader knowledge about agriculture and how it impacts them. It's great to see them learn and get excited about where their food and clothes come from. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. Do you want that dream job? Do you need the right skills and credentials to get there? Did you know more than 2,000 students have taken advantage of the MyBest program for free? Contact your local community college to learn more about the MyBest program. Take charge of your life and make your dreams a reality by attending a Mississippi community college. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. Funding for this ad provided by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. I'm Lauren McGraw with Guide Go. I'm here to help you with your special events like picnics, reunions, or weddings. We have many options of luxury restroom trailers. No event too big or too small. When you gotta go, please call Gotta Go 601-879-3969. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden. Growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today. Located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304. Online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. Joy Builder. Gold Builder. Respect Builder. Credit Builder. Me Builder. Dream Builder. Meet Self. The app that helps you build credit and savings so you can build your dreams. We're here to keep you on track while you build positive payment history to build your credit. Know what's really cool? You get your money back in the end, minus interest and fees. You've got dreams, we've got you. Download Self today and let's get that dream built. All credit builder accounts made by Lead Bank, Sunrise Banks, NA, or Atlanta Capital Bank, NA. All equal housing lenders and members FDIC. Individual results will vary. Visit Self.Inc. for more details. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com. Whatever Mother Nature dishes out, No Drip Roofing and Construction can take care of it. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. 
Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Do you know Aristolochia? I bet you don't, but you'd know it if you saw it. (laughs) Aristolochia is a wonderful plant um, that stinks, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Now, the... We, we will you'll see them called the carrion plants you'll see them called all sorts of things but the 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 business is that they have beautiful heart-shaped flowers that are absolutely stinky and there's a good reason for that the folks there in dresden have determined um that that this is all about attracting a particular genus of flies that pollinate these plants very very efficiently and they of course are called coffin flies okay um, and, and it's a delightful, delightful, volatile smell that, that these particular, um, flies just cannot resist. They get, they get attracted to it while they're actually looking for corpses to feed on, but the flower sends out a, a scent that mimics it so closely that they get fooled and that's where they end up coming over and laying their eggs. So when they enter the tube of that flower, they, they get really stuck. And it's one of those plants that has developed particularly devious ways to become pollinated. Remember, tropical plants, a few subtropicals, but most of the tropical plants have a greater need to be pollinated than there are pollinating insects available for them. So some of them, especially things like this and and things in the bean family, have developed incredibly complex tube systems that mean that once that pollinator gets in, there's only one way to go, and that's to let go of that pollen and go out the other side where they can can fit. It, it keeps the whole process clean, and it's also one of the things that are just beautiful to understand the elegance of the way the process works. Um, about 5% of flowering plants really are deceptive, and we don't think about that. We think about the ones like Aristolochia, but we don't really think about the others that use not only odor but color and other tactile signs to advertise as the, the pollinators, but, but they may or may not actually be giving the reward that they're promising. So I like that. Um, the pollinators are always looking for what they're looking for, and that is to say the plant's looking to be pollinated and the pollinator's looking for the nectar. So deceptive pollination is really interesting, and it's particularly large in orchids. Those of you who grow orchids have probably read some of those things um, about how difficult it can be to get them pollinated. It's kind of fun. It's blueberry bonanza time, and they are good, I have to say. Um, In between the rainstorms, I've been picking... 
I, I did post, uh, I rarely post videos, but we, I posted the, the blueberry syrup cooking last Sunday, which was sort of fun. It's too bad we don't have smell-o-vision because it would have been, it smelled even better than it looked. But that was the blueberries from last year that were still in my freezer. And they made beautiful, beautiful syrup. So now I've been giving away blueberries all week in addition to eating them and cooking them and baking some more and putting some more in the freezer. Why do I have so many blueberries? Well, there's because I have three big old plants. And I do prune them, but I've always had the theory that if I left the plants tall enough, the birds would get the blueberries at the top and there'd still be enough for me at the bottom. Usually that works. Um, this year there's not been as many birds and more of the fruit, I think, is getting plucked by them quickly because I'm only seeing the fruit down low. They're, they're giving it to me to pick. And that's working out pretty well. But it has been very, very, very wet. So this is a mosquito-laden experience. Um, I, I haven't been able to get in with the weed eater or even the mower to get around the plant. So it's quite weedy back there and quite a mess. This is where I remind you that, okay, COVID-19 is not gone. It's still a problem. We're getting better at coping, but it is, it's still a problem. But please don't forget that West Nile virus has never gone anywhere. It's right here, okay? And that's why we need to be very, very careful, particularly in this time of so much water and so many places for it to stand that it may have not even stood before. So get yourself together, get out, take a look, clear up yours, help your neighbors do that for their, themselves too, for their, their properties, and keep the mosquitoes down as much as we possibly can. We don't need a different problem to compound the one that we already have. I hope that you are harvesting daily. I've been able to harvest almost daily this week, except that it was too wet to get into the space um, a little bit sooner. I do cook blueberries with a little bit of lemon, and I do cook blueberries because you always put some sugar in there. And anytime I'm putting sugar into a fruit, I'm always going to add a little bit of lemon simply because it perks everything up. And that's the same reason why some recipes will call for a little bit of salt in a blueberry recipe for the same reason. When the fruit's picked, and it's going to be a while, I have four other small bushes that I propagated several years ago, and they're, this is their best year yet. So they're young, and they have lots of fruit on them that is maturing later than the old plants. So I'll be picking for at least another week. What that does, of course, is it, it puts something else on your calendar because if you're a home blueberry grower, you got to remember to prune after that. And uh, believe you me, this winter did take do, did do some stuff to the blueberries. My blueberries usually have leaves all over them. This year they have leaves in most of them, but there's some parts that obviously got a little more frozen than I would have liked. So it's time to shape the bushes after the fruit's done. It's also time to take out really the oldest of the canes if they are not still productive and if they are not still growing both leaves and fruit, they're in your way. They're in the way of the other ones that are going to come up and take over the production. So by always, um, by all means, do that. And, and, and do remember that that's the time to fertilize blueberries, too. If you use a fertilizer that is acid-forming and use it, say, for instance, on camellias and azaleas and whatnot, you can use that on blueberries or you can use any um, organic vegetable fertilizer, fruit fertilizer. I want you to avoid doing anything that's going to reduce the acid nature of your soil, and that would be commercial fertilizers that don't have that element in them, okay? So that's something else that you probably want to do. How do you get to be the fastest creature alive? 
Hmm. Well, I think this is really interesting. That somebody you knew somebody had to do this. Researchers in Japan at the Nagoya Institute of Technology are trying to understand the dynamics because they actually do fly, <laughs> and it's all about their spines. It turns out, but they've been looking at the the researchers researching the cheetah galloping and comparing it with the data that they have and then the models. So in other words, we have the cheetah running, we have the cheetah in the, the the computer analysis of how it goes, and then we also have the data from all the other studies. So that's why they're putting this together. How come other animals are not as fast? How come the horse, you know, we always think of horses as galloping, but in turn, the cheetahs actually use that galloping gait at a much faster speed, and they do different things. They, they're doing two different things. Their forelimbs and their hind limbs are different. That's because, well, the other, you and I can't do this, all right? We're just not going to be able to do this. But how marvelous is this? How elegant. The, the cheetahs actually show a whole lot of spine movement during these leaps, during these gallops, during these flights, because what they're doing is there's a forelimb liftoff called the gathered flight. The other with four limbs and hind legs stretched out behind is called the extended flight. So between the gathering flight for the leap and the extended flight for the continuing to go, they go really fast. Of course, the extended flight is what enables them to accelerate to the really high speeds. And, yeah, you, you, have, to, you have to understand that this is not common. Um, this particular part of, of mo- locomotion, this extended flight component, is not something that a horse can do. Okay, maybe a unicorn, but that's another story. I know. Don't talk to me about unicorns. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. I've made a few costumes in my day. The, uh, of course, the delightful. Oh, that's interesting. Let's see what we got over here. <laughs> Squash vine. Ah, well, it could be because um, it does look like the vine collapsed, Jeff in Madison. I'm going to say, if you what you need to do is actually cut open the vine, and you will find the borer if it's in there. But this may also be something physiologic, like too much water for too long because the roots stopped working. But if it happened overnight, it's more than likely the vine borer because you don't see them until their damage is complete. And I do I do hate that. That's a, a real mess. Whew, speaking of things, mosquitoes are a problem now. So are fire ants. Um, I hope that you are aware of what it takes to get the fire ants away from you, your food, your family, your pets, your children, your grandchildren, your, well, everywhere. It does take baiting the property, and it takes treating the mound. Okay? It's a two-step, as they call it in, in Texas, the Texas two-step method to controlling fire ants. And it, it does work pretty well. It, it You're not ever going to be completely without them. Um, I have just discovered one, a mound in an area in my garden where I don't think there's ever been one way back in the back. And that's not happy. That does not make me too happy. But the, um, the the question is always, well, can't I just mow over them? No. If you mow over them, they're, the first thing that will happen is that they'll spread and make two mounds instead of one or ten. And the other thing is, of course, that if you are unfortunate enough, they'll get in your lawnmower and then crawl up your leg. So it's a, it's a real problem. Fire ants are not 
to be messed with. They are to be controlled and avoided. Not necessarily in that order, but certainly at least in that order. I talked about a big study from the University of Colorado at Boulder just for a little while last week, and I'm probably going to bring up more points of it um, to you for the next month because I think this is so important. You understand, of course, that June is Mental Health Awareness Month. And what does that mean? Well, that means it's an opportunity for us to talk about things we don't necessarily always talk about. It's an opportunity for us to bring forward issues that we're struggling with ourselves or that someone we love is struggling with. And, in fact, depression is one of the things that we are seeing more and more of in the wake of COVID. We've now got people who are depressed because they can go back out. They had just begun to get adapted to staying away from people, and now the social pressures of going back out again are causing some problems. There are people who, for example, consume alcohol on a regular basis generally are doing that as a social event, but there wasn't too many social events. So sometimes that alcohol use has gotten ahead of them, and they they need some help because it is a mental health issue once you're, once the addiction has taken hold of you. You've got to get your head straight in addition to your body. So let's face it, both those things work. But chronic depression, as as somebody who has, has had a, that particular devastating, where the, you feel like your whole life has just fallen out from under you, um, depression is something that we're not taught about. And I wish that we would be so that we could not only recognize it, but so we would be taught coping strategies from the very, very start. Here's one from the University of Colorado at Boulder. They studied 850,000 people, and they found that shifting your sleep time earlier by just one hour, this is a behavior, this is a choice you can make, okay? It will decrease the risk of major depression by almost a quarter, in other words, by 23%. Now, what does that mean? That means that it doesn't mean you're not ever going to be depressed if you get up early. I don't, I don't, it's not that simple. But in understanding about this, the, the chronotype, which is a person's propensity to sleep at a particular time, is now linked in this study to the depression risk. And so if we break that, it's also among the first studies to quantify how much or how little change is required. And in this case, what they've discovered is that one hour can make a huge difference. I had never thought about this, but I do know that it is part of where I come from. Um, I'm one of those people that if I sleep longer than my average six or seven hours, it, it, I've always been this way. I wake up feeling if I sleep longer than that or if I go back to sleep right away, I, I feel bad. I'm not healthy. I don't, And it tends to make me not have a great day. Well, in in the times of my life when I have been depressed, it has made that worse, too, because the tendency is to want to sleep, to stay away from what's making you so sad. and or not, It's not even sad. It's a physical reaction to the world. But it, it, the point is, if you can put your markers in place and keep them, this, it really does help. And I'm, I'm telling you this because it's genetic. It's really not something that anybody invented. It's something that we have discovered. And if we can use it to our advantage... I think we are well better off. I have a group of friends over in Louisiana, gardener friends. Um, we we laugh and say that the, the 3 a.m. fandom has come. You know, the, 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 we should all text each other at 3 o'clock in the morning because we're awake. We don't do that. 
but it is one of those things that will make you get more conscious of who you are and what you're doing if you pay attention to your rhythms and to what's happening in your life. All right, here it comes. This is Weekend Gardening. business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Do you want to make more money? Do you need a high school diploma? Do you need help fast? No problem. Contact your local community college to learn more about the My Best program. My Best, improving the quality of life for Mississippians. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. Funding for this ad provided by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. This is JT. If you like me, you like to deal with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954, and they're headquartered in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks, 1-800-647-8540, or on the web, MajesticMetalsINC.com. I told you what daddy wants for father's day oh honey i know your daddy like the back of my hand he wants fishing stuff daddy buys his own fishing stuff all the stuff you get him he takes back what he's been acting like he loves my fishing stuff hey it's in the past mommy but he really wants tools from ace bolt and screw he loves that place Ace Bolton Screw for the stuff Dad loves. Located on Julianne Street, just off Gallatin and Jackson, and right off I-55 in Gluckstadt. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? 
sponsored by AbbVie. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Thank you so much for going up the country with me today. It's always an interesting time on Saturday. What do we do on Saturday? We garden, of course. Let's go to the phones right now and talk to Milton in North Mississippi. Welcome in to to Weekend Gardening. Milton, thank you for calling. Thank you. What's up? uh, I just caught the tail end of uh, your uh, talk about the two-step method for getting rid of uh, the, the fire ants. Mm-hmm. But my, my my focus was on zucchini squash. Mm-hmm. And I'm, something is eating them. And uh, right at the, where they come up, you know, right at the roots, at, at the at the stem, at the bottom of the stems. Okay. Or, or the bottom of the plant. And what can I treat them with? There are a couple of um, critters that will try and chew into the stem, and usually they're going to be fairly large mouth parts, and it's, it's a beetle problem most of the time. Spinosad is the, the best approach. It's the one that I use myself on that sort of an issue. But it's also true that you may need to put some mulch underneath the plants, or in other words, um, or even diatomaceous earth if, to keep, if it's slugs or that sort of thing that, that's coming around. In other words, if your plants are bare and don't have mulch around them, it's easier for the slugs to get to them. So if you've not had any problems with slugs, I'm going to go with it being either a beetle or a caterpillar, and that's the use for spinosad. Okay. Okay. The fire ant thing is really um, basically just because we know the fire ants are capable of picking up the queen and moving her. So that's why we want to we want to um, treat the property first and then treat the mound, so that then when they try to flee the mound, they end up getting food that is poisonous too to them. Okay. We got. We have, okay. That's why it's a two step. <laughs> okay. I see. I see. I, I've been successful. I thought. I was very successful with uh, that. Uh, I can't think of the brand name now. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a. Uh, the mound treatment, uh, maybe Andro or one of those. Yeah. Uh, no, it starts with an S. And, okay. And, There's a bunch of them. Anyway, 
Uh-huh. This year they anyway, have really uh, populated, though. You know, the wetter the ground gets, the more they have to make a mound to get above the water. I fully expect if the rain continues in many places, we're going to start seeing earthworms coming up on the sidewalk, too, because we see that in wet summer weather. It just gets too wet for them in, uh, in the ground. Um, I have not seen an, an, an increased problem with them. I thought that I was being successful with with uh, my treatment, the granules. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that that was because I've seen it work over overnight. Uh, That's they, good. They take them in, and then the mound disappears. That's great. But... Uh, when you said the two-step, I thought, well, maybe I was not doing all I needed to do. Well, whatever so, is working, if it's working, it's working. And we just there are a bunch of us that have, because we live so close to other people who don't do anything about it, you know, they mow the yard, mow over the fire ant mound, and then the next week there's one in the neighbor's yard <laughs> that, ne- that never was there. So that's part of the reason why people tend to treat the property as well as the mound, because they're living next to people that don't. Okay. Does that make sense? Well, I thank you. Thank you very yes, much. Ma'am. It's good to hear from you, Milton. One of my favorite names, by the way. Dave, in, in, and let's talk wilted plants. Dave, where are you calling from? Hello, Dave. Hello. Where are you calling from? Conahatta. Howdy. How are you? I am well, thank you. What's going on with your plants? Well, with all the rain, they're just wilting down. Any help for them? What are you growing? Uh, most of the tomatoes is what's wilted. Okay. Yeah, th- there's just too much water. Mulch may help a little bit around the base of them so that they don't get so wet each time it rains. But we are seeing plants that simply cannot continue. They just can't take up. In other words, their roots are so saturated they can't take up any water, and therefore the plant on top is dried out. So that's one problem. We are seeing a little bit of wilt where the plants are fine one day and the next day the whole plant is wilted, and that's that's a bigger problem. But, it, again, it, it's, it's not something we can fix. It's something that we have to hope that we can cope with. And, and this year has not been great in the tomato world. You're absolutely okay. right. I would, I, would, I would put a little bit of mulch around them, and if you can possibly do anything to keep the water away from them, it would be a good idea to do that. Okay. Thank you, then. Sure. What else? Okay, mole crickets. Ah. I had talked. I had talked to someone up at Mississippi State, and he told me to use that bug be gone and till it in, and it worked for a while. I didn't see any sign, mm-hmm. but after all this rain, they <laughs> are just all around my yeah. plants now. Yeah, it really is something. Anything? That, there's not anything any different. Um, it is something that the, the the treatment should last for a while, but when the conditions get ahead of the treatment, it's time to treat again. So I think, but okay, I, I'm just glad I'm just enough. glad you found something that works. So. Okay, how often can you treat with that bug be gone? It really, I'm gonna, I don't know their label. I don't have it in my hand, but I I know it'll tell you on there exactly how often. So I would just read the label now, and I will say this for everybody: if you happen to have a product that doesn't have information that you want on the label, they've all got a website. There's every chance in the world they've got a YouTube channel that they can have somebody walking around showing you how to use it, which is one of the great advantages to having that computer on your telephone. I know it's a pain sometimes, but on the other hand, when you need to know something, it's really good to be able to um, see that. And it, you can look at entire labels. But my, my issue with labels is oftentimes that I need a magnifying glass to read the type. And sometimes it's easier for me to just go to the website of the product and read it there. 
So I suggest that you do that. Thank you for your information. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Good to hear from you. Appreciate that. Of course, y'all, know, y'all all know that um, when it comes to reading, I can't help but read. And uh, I wish everybody was like that. I think we would all have um, have better garden results if we could. But <laughs> it's it's definitely something to think about. Definitely something to think about. I, I have to tell y'all, I, I wish that this is one. There's, there's a few times that I wish I could cast a photo from the texts to the video that's going out from the show because this would be hilarious. I had not seen this. It is a person who has had on Crocs too long and their feet are polka dotted. Now, I thought I had seen everything when I saw the Crocs with the stiletto heels, but now I do believe, in fact, that I have seen everything. Oh, my goodness. And no, I don't wear Crocs. They're, 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 I tried. They, they don't They don't work on my feet. <laughs> polka dotted feet good grief Ooh, do you grow blackberry lilies you may be seeing them in bloom in the next several weeks um but it is, it is a good time if you've got some to plant to go ahead and plant them you can also still be planting really tough perennials other tough perennials like cannas you can be you know still putting in dahlia tubers if you um, have any left that you haven't planted it's really important to get that going now if you have seen for example your lilies that that have leaves down on the ground things like crinums um even caladium sometimes can be beset by slugs and even snails if you happen to have those this is another time for the diatomaceous earth that i talk about so much you work it into the soil around the plants and it's going to actually do a real good job for of controlling the slugs and the snails now, I got a note this week that said, I put the diatomaceous earth around my hostas, but unfortunately, they, um, they didn't, that they're still getting eaten. Well, the answer is it wasn't slugs. <laughs> so we'll go, we'll find another answer to that. Oh, my goodness. Little John Hartford to take us to the top of the hour, my friends. You know, I do appreciate you turning on your radio or your computer or your phone or your app. Any way you want to listen, Garden Mom is here for you. Thank you very much. We'll be right back. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Have the glory, share the glory, share the lights down low. Turn your lights down low. And listen to the Master's radio. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Here's something very helpful. You can join Mississippi Farm Bureau for less than $50 a year. There are so many benefits to your membership, including money-saving perks, access to Farm Bureau insurance, protecting your land, and making a difference in your community through advocacy. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. Typically, we here at Keep Mississippi Beautiful like to share positive news with you. But not today. Litter is on the rise in our state, and we need your help. Please put trash in its proper place and make sure you aren't accidentally littering items from the back of your truck. Protect the road, secure your load, because trash blows. Do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org.
Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Innovative Health Clinic, formerly Acoustic Wave Treatment Center, offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Schedule your appointment at 601-944-5585 or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. Now taking same-day appointments. Christianity is not about telling people how to be good. It's about telling people how our good God declares us good on account of what Jesus has done for us. Dr. Michael Ziegler wants you to see Christianity clearly for what it truly is. Clearly Christian, this week on The Lutheran Hour. Join us each Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Brought to you by Our Redeemer Lutheran Church, 1799 Clinton Raymond Road in Clinton. Your home for Ole Miss Sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There are two separate issues at hand following the state Supreme Court's ruling against Initiative 65, medical marijuana, and the initiative process. State Senator Bryce Wiggins says he does not expect the governor to call a special session to deal with either one until leadership from the House, Senate, and the governor's office can come together. He's not going to keep the legislature in for like 80 days like they had at one point at $30,000 a day. That has been the practice of governors, certainly since Haley Barber, that we get in and get out to minimize the cost to the taxpayers. And farmers are facing many obstacles, including the rising cost of tractor parts. Andy Berry with the Mississippi Cattlemen's Association says sometimes the parts are just simply hard to find. I was talking to somebody the other day, they'd ordered a part, said they hoped to get it in October. And so you've got a tractor sitting there that they can't use from April to hopefully October. I'm Andy Davis. It's the first day of the first grade And she found a new best friend It's a laid-back Sunday afternoon You wish would never end The homemade taste of bluebell And good friends gathered round The good old days of being made right now Her original gold-rimmed homemade vanilla the country's gold standard of ice cream flavors since 1969. Its hand crank taste takes you back to simpler times. That's why we put the word home right on the carton. The good old days are being made right now. Corps of Engineers 2022 budget request does not mention the Yazoo Backwater Area Project, and that has Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith concerned. The Yazoo Backwater Area has experienced flooding nine out of the past ten years. In 2019 alone, the flooding caused two deaths, hundreds of millions of dollars in damages, destroyed over 600 homes, and adversely affected the aquatic and terrestrial environment. She says she's received reassurances that the Corps is committed to the project. 
And how can Mississippi keep its young people from moving out of state? Russ Latino with Empower Mississippi said it could be as simple as giving them a seat at the table. We've got to get to a point where we can have conversations with people who see the world differently and not ostracize those people. And I think for a lot of young people, their values look very different than previous generations' values. That doesn't mean they're right, but it means they want a seat at the table. And we've got to have the kind of culture that allows them to have that seat at the table. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. From Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. The Ole Miss Rebels traveled out to Tucson, Arizona to take on the Arizona Wildcats in the Super Regional at Tucson. Arizona is the number five overall seed. Ole Miss is number 12 national seed. And scored the first three runs of the ball game to take a 3 nothing lead. Arizona then came back and scored nine straight runs to win game one of the two out of three series over Ole Miss last night, 9-3. to Game two will be tonight, 8.30 airtime on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. The Rebels will have to win tonight's game and force game three on Sunday or Arizona takes it and moves on to Omaha. In other Southeastern Conference scores from Friday, the Vanderbilt Commodores, the defending national champion, defeated East Carolina two to nothing so Vanderbilt now is one win away from going back to Omaha and the Arkansas Razorbacks clobbered NC State 21 to 2. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. There's not a lot that's free in life. I mean it calls to bring you into this world and when you leave it and everything in between. Well, there is something free and valuable to your well-being, and that's for you to call 811 before you dig, pull stumps, erect a mailbox, dig a post, or start a garden. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, visit our website at msboc.us. Mississippi State begins playing their Super Regional today against Notre Dame. The Bulldogs and the Firing Irish have met six times, four coming in postseason play. The first meeting was being the Palo Alto Regional back in 1993. That was won by Notre Dame. Mississippi State comes in at 43 and 15, while the Fighting Irish come in at 33 and 11. Mississippi State is two wins away from making their 12th all-time appearance in the College World Series, while Notre Dame is in search of its third trip to Omaha. Game one today is set for 1 o'clock first pitch, 12.30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. Game two will be at 5 o'clock tomorrow evening. Other Southeastern Conference action in Super Regional play today is actually in one Super Regional. The LSU Tigers, who knocked out Oregon, is in the Super Regional versus the Tennessee Volunteers, and that one is being played in Knoxville. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Why do we love tropical plants so much? We don't live in the tropics. Hmm? 
Is it always the case that, uh, you know, do people that live, say, in Costa Rica, do they look around and think, gee, I wish I had an oak tree? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they do. But we have a lot of reasons to love tropical plants. If you've got some, I'd love to hear from you today, but I've got a few for you. 888-808-8637 is the Super Talk call line. And, of course, the ceasefire text line, which y'all are just tearing up this morning. I appreciate you so very, very much. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, John. Thank you, Ken. Everybody, Randy, Amanda, all y'all, that number is 601-879-4395. Now, I should also say, because I didn't say in the previous hour, and I'm supposed to, that I would always love for you to get in touch with me during the week, Mama on Air at yahoo.com. Mama is always spelled M-A-M-A. And you also need to understand that there's a little bit of Facebook going on in my world, but Facebook is, I'm, I'm rolling out of Facebook. My, my work is better, uh, better put into patreon.com slash garden mama. And y'all have been so kind to come on over there and join me in that community. So come on. I got a lot to do. You will have seen some things. You will see things you did not know you wanted to see. And, well, maybe you didn't. But things that are going on in my garden, I'm not going to turn into a video um, hound. I've never been one. But I sure do like the ability to show you something. And I can do that much more directly from Patreon. So come on over and visit with me anytime you want to get in touch during the rest of the week. You know, they only give me one morning on radio here, so we can only garden for a couple of hours on the radio. And guess what? We're way ahead of most people. Yep, that's right. Most garden shows across this particular United States are one hour, in, out, hello, goodbye, that sort of thing. And in fact, they don't go on 12 months out of the year, so we're really lucky. We get not only more time, but more time all the time. Jim's in Laurel, Oh, been raining, huh? What's going on, sir? Well, one thing about it, Garden Mama, I, I, two hours of this week is well spent. Thank I enjoy you. Listening. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, somebody sent me a quote this week, Jim. Anybody who says sunshine brings happiness has never danced in the rain. Darling, <laughs> so. 30 years of my life in oil field. I don't know what rainy day is. I don't know what a cold day is. <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> work. Get up and go to now, work. That's right. right. Uh, about 10 or 12, about 10 years ago, I was y'all, are you in a, oh, y'all were talking about raised beds. Mm-hmm. And I got two of them out here. And I made a mistake. I put them close to a big oak. And it put them in the shade about, well, early morning sun. Mm-hmm. I got it from about 10.30 on to 4 o'clock. It's in the shade. Mm-hmm. Everything I've ever planted, I had none good. That's not enough sun for most things. I think I'm... I think to fill all this up, but uh, I also tried that with a tomato plant a couple of years ago, keeping it going during the winter. Mm-hmm. I got that from uh, Miss Sharon. Oh yeah, she was, she was talking about raising stuff in buckets. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. doing now. I don't have enough land out here to plant a garden. I just got enough to to set me out something I can enjoy working with. And the rain, the jalapeno pepper I had last year, I let it go through the winter, and it never would do nothing. But since this rain come in garden mother, that plant has shot up about 18 inches. <laughs> and, full. and it's in full bloom, isn't it? 
The other thing is the other thing the other thing about June and and warming temperatures and increased humidity and in fact because May had so many cool nights we're seeing all the hot peppers just start. We plant hot peppers almost too soon. Now you planted yours last year, so that's another story altogether. But we tend to put them out before they can actually thrive. And this year I saw an awful lot of people do that. But the good news is the ones the plants that made it are full tilt now. They're really good looking good. Well, this just surprised me. I've got bell pepper. I've got uh, garlic. I planted. I got bell pepper, garlic. Uh, I don't know what all I got, but this rain it just supercharged all this water I put on that water hose. It's like giving you a spoonful of food every day. You just <laughs> get enough. That's different, that isn't it? Yeah, it's different. You're exactly right. Now the good news is you got it all. You got all the water. Be sure you continue fertilizing because that fertilizer is getting used up just as fast as the water as the rain is falling. Well, I keep Miracle Grow only about two or three times a week. Well, whatever works. Uh, that's more. That's more work than I would do. But yes, whatever works. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Have a wonderful week. Take care of yourself. Take care of everybody around you too, because we all we all need a hand at this time of year. I, I have to say that I do like tropical flowers and tropical plants more as time goes by. There there are a bunch of different ones, and I've kind of thrown them into three different bags, if you will. The truly, 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 truly tropical plants are not going to do in, much of anything outside after about September, okay? It's just too, we, our temperatures change. And indeed, some of these things can stay indoors all the time with greater success. Um, for example, weeping fig, fiddle leaf fig, the ficus tree, the, 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 the rubber trees, those things, that whole family of plants can be partners with you in your house eternally. They don't ever have to see the outside. But if you'll put them outside a little bit in some nice humid weather, let them get rained on a couple of times, they will benefit from it. You just don't want them in the sun. You don't want them um, to to get sunburned. And you also don't want to leave them out so that they get soggy. Their potting soil is, the soil in those containers is good, but they're damaged at temperatures that are below 40 degrees. And they also, frankly, are are perfectly content indoors. They like those conditions better than outside a lot of the time. Now, I have to say I have a couple of exceptions to that particular general rule. One is Hoyas. Hoyas are the waxiest leaf plants that you're probably ever going to bloom and, and grow. They will grow indoors, but there's just better plants result from being outside for a few months out of the year. Not the whole year by any means, but now and next month in a shady porch, that sort of thing, you'll see a lot more growth because they do respond so well to humidity. Bleeding heart, uh, not the dis- not the dicentra, but the the um, the the one that, that's actually a clerodendron. You'll still find it in a basket. It has little white bracts and red flowers, and it, that's why it's called bleeding heart. It doesn't really look like that to me, but anyway, those are um, they're truly tender. But they're another plant that can hang next to that fern on your porch for months and be absolutely beautiful and then come indoors. They are the truly tropicals, and it is good to know which ones are truly tropical. Um, Nixon Pearl with a question about the best fertilizer for tomatoes. You know, um, it, it, it really kind of depends if you're, if you're only growing tomatoes. I would go and get 
espoma tomatone, and it is a fertilizer actually made for them. But if you're growing other vegetables, a vegetable garden fertilizer is going to be just fine. You can use a granular one that you water in on a regular basis, or you can use one that you mix in water and apply it to the plants. The advantage of those is that a lot of them can be absorbed by the leaves as well as by the roots. So sometimes that's helpful. Um, but the the whole question of what to fertilize tomatoes with really does come down to what do you what else do you grow? And I, I don't grow very much citrus, for example, but I do grow a couple of trees. So I do get Espoma's organic citrus food, even though it's not helpful for too many other things. It's so much better for the citrus trees. Their tomato fertilizer is terrific, but you got to be growing some tomatoes. Otherwise, you're going to end up with a bag of it that sits around. So that's not so helpful. But that's my choice. And if you have a lot of other vegetable garden plants, vegetable garden food is classic name. There's several formulas. They'll mostly be about 510-5 or 510-10, something like that. And they're they're going to have a little bit less nitrogen in them. I always believe that we need less nitrogen than we apply um, in, in a little bit. We need a little bit, a little bit more often. In other words, if we put out all the nitrogen we think the plant's going to need at the beginning of the season, we'll have beautiful tomato leaves and very, very few tomatoes because the nitrogen just will grow, 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 but it won't set fruit. That's why we have to put the other nutrients into our bag. The likely perennial bunch of tropicals, though, are slightly different in that, say, Hattiesburg and further south, they will return for about three years, if not more, maybe more often. I think about... um, Lady in Red and Coral Nymph Salvias. I also think about Mexican Heather in this group. Um, Mother of Thousands, Calancho, the, the spiny aloe, not aloe vera, but the spiky aloe also has this, has the quality of being almost perennial. And they are plants that are excellent con- container plants in anywhere above that area. In other words, north of about Hattiesburg or so. But you can also grow them in containers anywhere you want, simply because that does give you a little bit more control over them. Um, Mexican heather and the salvias are very much dependent on well-drained soil. You may have heard me say before that my opinion and my experience is that more perennials are done in by cold, wet soil than they are ever done in by freezing temperatures or any of the other conditions that they run into in the winter, but that cold, wet soil just crushes their roots and they can't make it. Okay. Another of my groups that I, this is literally just me and how I think about tropical plants, but I have the uh, maybe root hardy group. This would be oleanders and tupelo, okay? They're not actually a tropical plant, but they may get killed all the way to the ground in, in cold enough weather. You can grow some of these in containers, of course, and protect them. But some of the others, some of them you just need to realize they're going to almost be annuals for you. Um, I think about kufias, the the bat-faced kufias or the cigar plants. Those are lovely goldfish plants. Is another one of that group. They're just beautiful, but they're much better as a container plant than they would be as something out in the bed. Amaranths I'm going to grow as an annual flower because, frankly, it's just easier that way. But when you get into unusual plants like the charm begonia, that's the the begonia that looks like the wax begonia but has a a lovely patterning on the leaves and then it has a pink flower. It's not as common as some of the others. That's one of the plants that I'm going to say grow it in a container or grow it in the ground um, in your in your garden bed. 
But when you get to the middle of the summer, start snapping off pieces of it to propagate. That way you'll have some over the winter. And frankly, the younger, brighter, newer plants will tolerate over the winter better inside your house. One more group. Um, the the my, my reliable reseeders that I love so much. If you don't have Retivita, that's Mexican hat in your collection, and you like things like four o'clocks that will reseed um, and, and other stuff like that, wax begonias reseed in many places. Coleus and Angelonia will even reseed in some places. Oftentimes they're not the same as the parent plant, but you will get some interesting leaves coming on them too. It's just a, a way of thinking about the tropicals. We think about, um, I, I, I grew up in, in college learning about tropical foliage plants. Well, what that meant, of course, was things like Diefenbachia and Schefflera and all the plants that we consider house plants. Um, those also can go out to the porch. Most of them are truly tropical and truly tender, but they certainly have a life elsewhere in your in your garden, if, at least for some of the summer months. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. The Super Talk call line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. There are a lot of things about being garden mama that are um, that are just the the best joy that anyone could possibly have, and that is of course having the the support and the encouragement from callers and textures and people like who who run up to me in the grocery store and say. You look like Garden Mama. Well, thank you. I am. It's nice. I appreciate that. That happened this week, and I thought perhaps she was, perhaps she had a book where I looked younger because I wrote the book 10 years ago. (laughs) That might be one thing. If you are always um, trying to find a way to walk on that lawn with your bare feet, and let's face it, who doesn't like that? Um, This is a good time to begin raising your mower height by one notch this time of year by now that same patch of turf has been cut what every other week since april and it can begin to get a little bit bashed especially if the blade is not super sharp it can actually bend and crush the tip of that grass blade so it doesn't grow back as well and as healthy and just things just don't look as good perhaps worse when you walk on it it feels prickly and and sticks you well don't do that Raise that mower one hot one notch, and that in that in itself is going to be cutting a different part of the grass blade, which will help to soften it. But it also gives that stress of the summer a little bit less ability to work on your lawn. If you have not fertilized your lawn yet and it is well established, this is the time to be putting out classic slow release lawn food. I know that sounds funny that you would do a slow release on something that grows that fast, but an established lawn doesn't need a whole lot more than that, and it may not uh, may not need it every it may not need it to the extent that the, the the label tells you to use it, but certainly one application in June is going to be good and very helpful. I always refer to Dr. Snyder um, at this time of year when the, the tomatoes have the blight. Yeah, some of them do. Early blight, of course, is Alternaria solani, and he, he, I don't say, I don't think, I think Dr. Snyder knows a whole lot about a lot of things, but nobody knows more about tomatoes. And what he, how he describes this is just perfect. The circular, almost brown spots on the lowest leaves is how you can tell that you, you're beginning to get early blight. Then the spots will get bigger, the lower leaves will turn yellow, and yep, they'll fall right off. So that's a bit of a problem for us. We don't we don't want that happening. But if you look closer at that brown spot, you know, you, you saw a spot, 
you didn't pay attention to it. And then the leaf turned yellow, and you still didn't pay attention. Now you're looking at the spot on the yellow leaf, and it actually does look like a bullseye. It has circles around that center point. They thrive. This this late blight fungi um, thrives in incredible conditions. The ones we live in. Yep, that's right. And in fact, warm and moist conditions are what cause it to actually flare up and give us so much trouble. It also, unfortunately, survives from season to season in decayed plant material. So one of the things that I'm always talking to you about is that garden sanitation, keeping it cleaned up, keeping the area around the flower garden or around the vegetable garden mode of mode clear of weeds, quote unquote, the plants you're not cultivating. Obviously, we want to leave some things for pollinators, but we need a little distance between us and the plants that we are cultivating. That, in turn, gives us less places for the alternaria to survive. And don't forget, I just pulled out potatoes. They didn't have alternaria, but i got to get them out of there. They're too close to my tomatoes. (laughs) The, The potatoes were good, by the way. Hey, now, I hope that you are having the most beautiful green day you possibly can. Hope you decide you want to come on along with a text or a phone call. Because this is Weekend Gardening. To another farm, to a town, so long ago, well, a sweet, magnolia blossom, cotton fields, or white as snow, catfish was a river hobo, live and die. By the river's bend your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the ISOL platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Hey, y'all. Let's take some pride and get it together for Mississippi. Many of our highways and roads are just covered in litter. Put trash in its proper place. And if you drive a truck, remember, trash blows. Be sure to secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road. Secure your load. Garden Mama here to ask, what about your trees? Hmm? Everybody like me who has big trees in their landscape needs a tree service, and mine is Matthews Tree Service, the metro area's oldest residential tree service. They're licensed, insured, and ready to consult with you about damaged trees and healthy ones, too. Listen to your mama now and call Matthews for free estimates in the greater Jackson metro area. Call 601-316-8584. Matthews Tree Service. No Drip Roofing and Construction. The name says it all. All types of roofing and construction. Your certified, certainteed shingle installer, family owned and operated for over 20 years here in the Metro. No Drip Roofing and Construction. 601-371-1051. Joy Builder. Gold Builder. Respect Builder. Credit Builder. Me Builder. Dream Builder. Meet Self. The app that helps you build credit and savings so you can build your dreams. We're here to keep you on track while you build positive payment history to build your credit. Know what's really cool? You get your money back in the end, minus interest and fees. 
You've got dreams. We've got you. Download Self today and let's get that dream built. All credit builder accounts made by Lead Bank, Sunrise Banks, NA, or Atlanta Capital Bank, NA. All equal housing lenders and members FDIC. Individual results will vary. Visit Self.Inc. for more details. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could, could I, I have, have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the Metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at The Range in Gluckstadt. Right now, we're offering great specials on memberships to our state-of-the-art indoor shooting range. Join now and get your first month free. While you're here, check out our full-service gunsmithing department. We offer everything from professional gun cleaning, Cerakoting, camo application, accurizing, to custom rifle bills. We hope to see you soon. You might even get to meet my wife, Jane. That'll be a real trip. watch a whole lot of TV. I watch things. I watch screen, but I don't necessarily watch the, the programs that come on. But i got to tell you, if he's in that country thing that passes through my channels, I have to stop. Not everybody has that effect on me, but he does. Listen now, the All Things Garden Mama weekly newsletter is picking up subscribers every week, and I appreciate y'all so much for that. Uh, I, I love being able to get you the information that you're looking for. The subscribers, as well as my Patreon folks, y'all will be joining me tomorrow evening for one of our Q&A Zoom gardening experiences. We are I can't believe I'm so on trend. I just saw an article this week that the, the trend, the inter, intergenerational trend in everything in terms of podcasts and Zooms, it's really a big deal. My daughter and I do this because, yes, I'm trying to pass on everything I know and my legacy to her. My goodness, she's getting good. I like that. So you get to watch her progress and you get to hear from me as well. This week in the newsletter, I did not put a quote. I gave you a word of the week. Because sometimes I learn a new word. Yep, that's right. English majors, even even now, even today, learn new words. Pluviophile. I don't know why I didn't know this. I get it. But pluviophile is one who loves the rain. 
one who feels positive experiences from the rain. Mm-hmm. I know. Not everybody feels that way. <laughs> but I do. Time to prune. I'm happy to say that uh, we've got some folks talking about that in in a lot of different places. I, I don't I, – I wish that I was going to be in um, – I really wish I was going to be in Forest County, Jeff. I would take the four-foot-tall century plant, but I can't. I don't know where I would. I, would, I just I would love to have it, but no, um, not gonna happen. But thank you very much. I would. I will adopt it from here and wish it well. How about that? Another question. Good question. Keeping. How do you keep the bagworms off of young trees? Actually, you don't. But the good news is that the trees are young, and so they're small. And so you're walking through and looking at them gives you the opportunity to take the bagworms off. Do not drop them on the ground. That's another thing that you don't want to propagate. All right. Fertilizer for young trees is really pretty basic. There'll be you can use a, a, any fertilizer that you're using if it's a granular that you work into the ground, and it is a balanced and complete fertilizer. So that means something that you would have that would say tree food on it or something that you would you would have that would say general purpose garden fertilizer those are going to be terrific just don't fertilize it after next month young trees and in fact most trees do not need to be fertilized after july because we're not we're trying to encourage them to put on growth now not later in the summer on the phone next is mabel from jackson good morning how are you all right and you thank you very well thank you mm-hmm. i want my, my blueberries uh uh, bushes is full. Yay! And they just got, got just a few of them is uh uh you know getting right. Mm-hmm. And I don't want I want to get a chance to get them this time. Last year I didn't. The birds are the birds got all Yeah, them. yeah. So what can I do to keep them from getting all these on there now? It's really just a matter of being out there every day. Um, I'm I'm out there in my rain boots because my the soil's still so wet back there, but I'm out there before the and, and really the birds have been coming to my garden in the early early morning for blueberries forever. For some reason this year they're coming in the late afternoon. I don't I don't know somebody changed their schedule. You know <laughs> I don't know what happened, but the point is that you got to go every day and you've got to just. Get the you got to get the blueberries before they can. And I'll tell you what else: in the home garden, you can pick the ones that are. We always think about waiting for them to be fully blue, but you can pick the ones that are almost fully blue. I have one variety that will will ripen almost before I can get it into the house from that almost fully blue stage. So go ahead and just pick most of the ones that are ripe. Pick all the ones that are ripe. Pick the ones that are close to ripe, and then each day go back and do the same thing. Okay, and well, I, I don't fertilize. Nope, not now. After uh, after, not, the, after all the fruit's done, then you'll want to fertilize them. My blueberry, you know, they mine in pot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, That's okay. fine. Okay, so pick them just by when they almost right. Maybe I get yep. a chance to get some. Yeah, pick the ones that are blue and pick the ones that are almost almost blue, and then. Take the take them and put them on the counter. Not in. I don't put them in direct sun, but I do put them in a bowl on outside. I don't put them in the refrigerator until they've turned completely blue. Okay, and so no, I need to fertilize them right now. Not right now. Okay, now my flower bed. My daughter for my birthday, she put, I put a lot of flowers in my flower bed. Yay! And. Should she uh, put some fertilizer on them? Sure, you can be using fertilizer on those. You can use either one you put in the ground or you can use one that you mix in the water and water them with. Um, either way. Like milk or girls. Yeah, that would be fine. And put them in my pot. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I need to know. That's great. Thank I'm you. 
11 to go out there and uh, pick them for me. Yeah, I tell you what, it's going to be something, too, because it's going to get hot today. <laughs> we're, we're looking at heat indexes that are too hot to pick blueberries or anything else, so go now. <laughs> Have you been getting in that your garden? Yeah, yeah, lots. They just started ripening last week, and I picked about picked four days this week. I told my daughter, I said, God, Mom, so her just started ripening. Yeah, they just got started, and once they started, they hit. So it's been a busy week with me for me. Will is eating them now <laughs> in, in the control room. Ah, no, no, we're not eating in the control room. We never do that. Thank you, Mabel. It's good to hear from you. Have a wonderful day. Tell your daughter hey, too. Now, one of the questions, you're right, we should, we should add that piece of music, and I will, I will endeavor to do that. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate that. When we have some other, uh, the, what else is happening? Uh, the, the odd-shaped cucumbers. Oh, my goodness. I have seen more pictures of weird cucumbers this week than anybody should have to look at. But here's the thing. The reason that they twist up on the bottom instead of being nice and long and and as you would expect them to be, the reason they twist up down at the bottom is because of two things. Cooler temperatures during May when they were forming fruit will will do that to some varieties. And the other thing that happens is that the plant takes up as much water as it can and, term- and puts it into the fruit. But then when the plant can no longer take up water because it's gotten so wet in the soil, the fruit has to just keep opening itself, keep maturing itself, and can't get water all the way to the base of it. That's why the bottom of it twists up and makes a little bit of a, a <laughs> looks like a J, <laughs> you know, the, the letter J instead of, or it looks like it's, um, it's wilt, it's not wilting, it looks like it's crinkled up on the, the very bottom of it. Those, both of those things are the result of temperature, but probably even more so water. Um, there's no doubt that we're seeing water issues that a lot of people don't ever, ever see. Now, um, I'm, I'm in my, fuzzy sage mode today there's always a plant that is not there's just always a plant that is not popular and then it's popular sanchezia went through this for a period of time now it's fuzzy sage or bolivian sage i like it but it does look kind of like flowers do kind of look like a chenille bedspread <laughs> that's very true um let's see Oh, that looks lovely. From, from Biloxi, this is a six-week-old picture. The, the beautiful looks like um, knockout roses. They are lovely. The only thing I would look at is that red spike that's coming up out of the middle of it. I would clip that off, the one that where the branch itself is red, because you don't want to be contributing to a problem later on. Um, and, and you can cut off the flowers each time after they finish when they get faded. You, that's a good way to get that plant to keep on blooming. It's really lovely. Knockout roses are just terrific. Hey, Andrea, um, let's see. Oh, that's fun. Um, Andrea's having the experience that so many people have. The zinnias in the seed pack that she bought are not coming up as well as the ones that she saved from the previous year. We do see that same the phenomenon you see it more often say in something like a brandywine tomato is probably the classic example of an heirloom plant that we grow and we save seeds from and the next year the plant does better than it did the previous year because we're growing it from seeds that grew in our own environment and so yes the zinnias that you saved the, the ones that made seed and you saved them have a better chance 
in some circumstances to go ahead and get growing because they're used to your area and because you save them properly. Obviously, you didn't destroy them in storage. So that's that's wonderful. I hate that the others are not coming up so well. I think I would tend to put, if I had a, a big package, a large number of them, I, I might go ahead and put um, a row of them into a wet paper towel and just see whether or not they can sprout because you may have an issue with the seed that you need to let the, the seed producer know about. Or, and if they, then if they all sprout, you'll know that it's environmental. Something's getting them in your, your, your spaces that they're not as happy about. But it's also possible that they're just a little bit slower. And if you start them in a container or in a, uh, you know, um, in a, a cell pack or something like that where you can get them to, to kick off and then transplant them. Zinnias can be transplanted. They're, they will be a little bit later on to bloom, of course, but they still, they can be transplanted. And I would think, I would consider doing that. But yeah, it's, it's not, it's not unexpected that saved seeds will do better than ones that are new in many, many cases. But as I say, we usually think about that in like a brandy wine, um, or some other tomato that is an heirloom that doesn't come from around here, as they say. It's one that we bring in. We, we grow the first one. I thought this was pretty interesting stuff. Um, I have pittosporum in my backyard, lots of it. That's one of the projects that if I, I need two things, actually, folks. I'm going to just tell you this and put it out there. I need a chainsaw. Well, I've got the chainsaw. I need to be interested in using the chainsaw. But what I'm what I actually need in order to get up to the plants that need the chainsaw I need a lawn tractor, so I'm starting to have to spread my wings a little bit back there and get uh, get back into the, the back end of my property. But the pittosporums, which used to be, oh, maybe three, four feet tall and were lovely and circled kind of the hidden, the, 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 the secret garden that I have in the back, well, they're now really, really tall because I haven't pruned them in years, and I didn't know I was creating an issue but in Queensland, where Pittosporum is native, I, this is just crazy. It was once a well-behaved tree, but it has gotten gotten away from everybody and just gone rogue on them. It has led to a almost complete suppression of native vegetation in the areas that it is now able to grow in. We talk about when climate changes, when when conditions change for a plant, and it is able to grow one place that it wasn't previously, sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. In this case, it's not so good. It it used to grow in gullies, in from Victoria up to Queensland in Australia, but unfortunately, the the it's invaded a lot of flatland, and those are the areas where indigenous plants are having a really hard time making a comeback. With um, with 15 years under their belt and of, of restoration and attempts that's that's helped, but the real question now has been, what about the, the birds? Monash University School of Biological Sciences published in Ecological Solutions and Evidence that the richness and abundance of birds is just much reduced in areas where that that plant has now gotten away from them. In any in other words. We have a, another case where invasive plants, even when they're native, if they invade an area where they were not previously, can take over and destroy the environment for the things that originally lived there. There's almost a complete lack of understory vegetation and no ground cover. So those sites that are now under that pittosporum really are not getting what not, are not supporting the environment, supporting the ecology that they are intended to do. 
So we have to get rid of it out there. I'm not getting rid of it in my garden, but I am going to cut it back and I'm going to pay more attention to it. I don't believe it's going to turn into a weedy tree here, but it might. And mine is certainly a little bit weedy. (laughs) I'll tell you that. Um, Let's see. Pat wants to dig up a rose bush and put it somewhere else. Not good to do that today. I, I would prefer you see you wait until late fall to do that or even early next spring. And one more thing from Biloxi. Um... I don't know is the answer to this. You're using an unconventional method, and I don't know how often you should apply it. I would imagine that if it's raining, you'd have to apply it more often. Alternative calcium sources, which is fine. just doesn't happen to be something I know anything about. My theory, and you all know I, I don't stand on a whole lot of ceremony, but I can tell you as a person who has been around folks that used Epsom salts and alternative calciums and all of those things. It's a rare circumstance where you actually need that if you are using fertilizers that are complete. That is to say they have nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. They have secondary nutrients, calcium and magnesium, and then they have the minor elements, the other 13. Okay? So you use that. Generally speaking, you don't need the supplements. Well, it it, it just wouldn't be Saturday if we didn't have a minute with the one and only Van Morrison. Hey, now. Hey, y'all Tupelo honeys, I hope y'all are well this morning. Take care of yourselves and each other. This is Weekend Gardening. a contractor to help rebuild your home after a disaster? Don't get scammed. Go licensed. Be skeptical about door-to-door offers of repair services. Ask friends and family for recommendations of contractors that they've used. Get at least three bids and never pay in cash. Don't make a bad situation worse. Protect yourself and your family after disaster strikes. Go licensed. For more information, visit our website at www.msboc.us. If you're building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. People are angry these days, but you don't have to be. Let's get 2021 started right, because somebody out there needs your help. At Gateway Rescue Mission, your donation can provide a meal. Your prayer can unlock the power of God to change a life. If we spend more time praying and less time fussing, we can help some people. Go to gatewaymission.org. 
Make a donation and help change your life today. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. This hour of weekend gardening is brought to you locally in part by the Tractor Store, your Mahindra dealer on Highway 49 South in Richland. The Tractor Store is proud to sell Mahindra, the world's number one tractor. The Tractor Store, your farm and lawn equipment destination. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. G3 Services is a proud VIP sponsor of The Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman, Buddy Slowick, has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Well, you know, it's uh, there's always something that you just have to take with you, and uh, you just don't know what to do with it. Did you know that spiders avoid building their webs around fire ants? Well, no, because we haven't really paid that much attention to them. Because fire ants are natural predators of spiders, and indeed, since the chemicals, again, we're back to the thing where we started today about what smells like what and what can find it, you know, and it's not all plants. In this case, the Royal Society Open Science information coming to us from Simon Fraser University lets us know about the enduring struggle, as they call it, between fire ants and spiders could be perhaps the beginning of an opening to a repellent for the spiders, not necessarily for the fire ants, but a whole lot of ants prey on them. And indeed, web-building spiders avoid locations near ant colonies. So obviously, if we can get them, we can get the spiders to believe that there's fire ants there when they're not, they might not build, for example, 
in your laundry room or, you know, in a, in a tree where you don't want them. Pretty interesting. Um, they, they have to pick spaces that are safer for them, of course, because they're spiders. They've got to live through a lot of things if they were building their nests where they were going to have problems living, obviously they wouldn't be able to stay there. So between pluviophile for a rain lover and the fact that spiders can sniff out and avoid fire ants, hmm, I think we've learned something today. I don't know. I think we've learned something. Underwater cypress trees. Do you remember this? you remember... Gosh, I guess it was after Katrina that we first we we knew they were there. We we but they they just really have started doing the research and whatnot in in this century. Um, my alma mater, Louisiana State University, of course, has famous for their marine geology and whatnot. But paleoclimatology is another term that when your child comes home and says they're going to major in it, you may have to look it up. I would, but back in the day. Which day? When saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths and giant sloths roamed North America. Now that's that's a wide range of time. Okay, but let's do let's say fifty thousand years ago, but it's somewhere more or less than that. The Gulf Coast climate was just a little bit cooler in those years, according to the sedentary cores that we've taken, the sediment cores that we've taken, and the things that they've studied since that time. We understand that it was really more like North Carolina is today. As the sea level dropped and more of the land on the continental shelf got exposed, of course, we established the bald cypress trees in our swamps, and that's where they came from. But somewhere in there, there was a catastrophic event that suddenly killed and buried the bald cypress forests that were along the Gulf Coast in in those 50,000 years ago points. The buried swamp trees were preserved by what was apparently an onrush of sediment that rushed over them. Now, we don't know how this happened. We don't know if the glacier melted. We know that this used to be glacier areas, too, further north of here. But whatever it was, um, in, in 2004, Hurricane Ivan cut the first path across the region that exposed the preserved ancient bald cypress forest. All right? The buried trees were preserved in the sediment even after the ocean came up on them. And then when Ivan revealed it all, it it's one of those things that you know the people are immediately going to begin to study. And in this particular case, um, geologists and paleoclimatologists, excuse me, are telling us that it really does smell like freshly cut cypress, even though you wouldn't think so. This is a, tre- a testimony, of course, to the power of the wood that is cypress to survive, because wood normally decomposes if it's in the ocean, really from things like bacteria, just, you know, the basic ongoing rot of the world. But also shipworms are, are particularly interested in wooden projects. What they did was in 2013, they were able to bring up the 23 specimens, and I believe that may be the last time that I reported on this to you because she was at that time um, analyzing the wood in the lab at LSU and finding out some amazing stuff. She's an associate professor there. But they radiocarbon dated the wood samples and found out they were too old to be carbon dated. That's really old. (laughs) That's really old, my friends. So they found that the forest was from the early part of the last ice age. As I said, there were glaciers above us, and that may be what caused the sediment rush to happen. We don't know. So somewhere around that 50,000-year point, the region experienced climate change, but it was getting colder. And it wasn't a gradual drop. These quick pulses dropped, and then sea level dropped to go along with it. So it was chaotic. 
and the land and the forests just adapted as they went by. So they found that the sediment cores that I was talking about, they did in 2016. And that, of course, tells them a whole lot more, all right? They found sand and seashells, as you would expect, in the top layers of the sediment cores. But then they also found dark organic peat that really does look like potting soil with roots and leaves in it toward the bottom of the core in the bottom of the ocean. Good grief. They don't see this. This is so exciting. This is literally, you know, someone's going to come and say, I never saw this before. Swamp waters naturally have low oxygen, and that did help in the preservation of the specimens. But trying to figure out how it happened and why it happened is only part of the process. Some of what they're trying to do now is to map the rest of the area and find out where the rest of these trees are or went. Um, the, The sediment that is most intriguing for us as gardeners is the fact that within it were seeds from St. John's wort, from buttonbush, from rose mallow, from plants that we grow on land today. There were seeds in the sediment un- that far down. It's just shocking and delightful. Um, nobody understands. We don't. We don't get it. We have a true puzzle as to why this has happened and how you know how they have survived there. But they do, and it's very exciting. Just really, really lovely. Um. Tomatoes are taken over, Ken says. Is it too late to stake and tie the branches up? No. Go ahead. Just be careful. They'll be a little bit, um, they'll be a little, they'll be fragile and they'll be, they'll tend to break. But if you can take them, for example, and just get a, a nice soft cotton, um, t-shirt pieces strung out and get around them, you can pull them up a little bit and that will help keep the fruit clean. Um, let's see. Scott's in Canton. Hey, Scott. Scott's sprouted a celery root. Yes, it will, in fact, um, eventually, perhaps, probably make leaves. And I, I don't see any reason not to continue to let it try. It looks like fun to me. But it's funny how we, we think about what grows and how we grow it. I actually grow leaf celery because I have a very difficult time getting this root part to grow. <laughs> so that's part of it. That's part of it. Um, Yes, there's there's underwater. That's right, Danny in Starkville, the the area of the Gulf Coast that we're talking about. There's underwater cypress off the Bay of Mobile, um, off Mobile Bay rather, in, in that whole area. But what they're doing now is to try and survey the rest of the Gulf space and try and understand where all of these things are. It's just magnificent. Um, We can understand more about the clues of what happened, and we can also develop, frankly, more mysteries like the one that says, how come these things are growing in the ocean? I don't even know. Another mystery to leave you with today, which I have just found fascinating this week, glass-winged butterflies have always been one of those things that I felt like had to be not real. I thought I'd just read about them. They had to be fictional, but they're not. And indeed, if there is a way to be camouflaged all the way up to and including being invisible with with transparent wings, butterflies and moths have learned how to do it. I want to be inspired by them. I want to face every challenge, and I hope you do too. I want to make sure that I can figure out how to do it even if I have to be invisible to make it happen sometimes. Now, listen, I know you've got choices. I appreciate you picking weekend gardening. I appreciate your attention to Garden Mama. I really appreciate your attention to one another. Take care of each other. You always have an option. Please choose kindness and come back next week for more weekend gardening.
Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Did you know that one out of four jobs in the state depends on agriculture? That's why we started the Mississippi Ag in the Classroom. It's a school program helping grades K-12 through acquire broader knowledge about agriculture and how it impacts them. It's great to see them learn and get excited about where their food and clothes come from. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. Do you want that dream job? Do you need the right skills and credentials to get there? Did you know more than 2,000 students have taken advantage of the My Best program for free? Contact your local community college to learn more about the My Best program. Take charge of your life and make your dreams a reality by attending a Mississippi community college. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. Funding for this ad provided by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. Joy Builder, Gold Builder, Respect Builder, Credit Builder, Me Builder, Dream Builder. Meet Self, the app that helps you build credit and savings so you can build your dreams. We're here to keep you on track while you build positive payment history to build your credit. Know what's really cool? You get your money back in the end, minus interest and fees. You've got dreams, we've got you. Download Self today and let's get that dream built. All Credit Builder accounts made by Lead Bank, Sunrise Banks, N.A. or Atlanta Capital Bank, N.A. All equal housing lenders and members FDIC. Individual results will vary. Visit Self.Inc. for more details. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.